0: What do
1: you mean? <laughs> All right, uh, the 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 new file started. The All
2: right. Syntholex, thank you so much for downloading this episode. Today we are on chapter, I believe, sixteen of Dune. We have myself Aaron O'Brien and Dave Duncan. Hello, Dave.
1: Hello, hello, uh, Aaron O'Brien.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's your Duke Leto's voice, huh? Eh? Duke Leto,
1: you know, he's uh, kind of important in this chapter. Not, he, not trying to stroke my ego or anything.
2: He is. Um uh, Lido, do you have a? Are um, would you consider yourself uh, to be sardonic? Uh,
3: that and uh, epileptic. <laughs> Definitely, uh, might have some narcolepsy going on. I don't know.
2: Narcolepsy too. <laughs> you uh, know,
3: I take speed constantly.
2: Yeah, <laughs> oh, I know, right? I just you can't, know, I can't keep my eyes open. <laughs>
1: you know, my son he's just so boring.
2: <laughs> so, uh, we have the beginning of this uh, chapter, where this is the chapter we have this uh, big uh, banquet, this big dining uh, experience between all the big well-to-do uh, bigwigs on Arrakis. And uh, the little opening quote says, Greatness is a transitory experience. It is never consistent. It depends in part upon the myth-making imagination of humankind. The person who experienced greatness must have a feeling for the myth he is in he must reflect that uh, reflect what is projected upon him and must have a strong sense of the sardonic this is what uh, uncouples him from the belief of his own pretensions the so sardonic is all that permits him from moving uh, to move within himself without this quality even occasional greatness will destroy a man. So this is in the sayings of Muad'Dib. So basically, you have to have kind of a cynical or uh, kind of kind of make fun of things a little bit when you are find yourself in the actual myth itself. You can't take it too seriously.
3: And that's that's how we are, at synthaholics We don't take things oh. too seriously.
2: <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> Don't look for highbrow humor here. You're not going to find it. Yeah, see? Yeah. Uh, so we start off now with the chapter in the dining hall of the Iraq and Great House, and uh, we get the old bull's head and uh, the old duke. So they finally got up on that wall. So uh, Shadow Mapes finally got it up there.
0: Yeah, Shadow Mapes. We just, you know, I just put it up like Diddy Jessica said we had to do. Huh?
2: Shadow Mapes. Did you get that up on with a ladder, or how'd you get it up there?
0: Yeah, uh, you know how many people it takes to screw in a light bulb on a
2: <laughs> How many Fremen does it take to screw in a light bulb? Twelve lattice. Twelve lattice. <laughs> <laughs> Twelve Do you, are lattice. you just are you just st- uh, stacking them like Yertle the turtle?
0: Yeah, well, we only have steps still here on Arrakis, You know, we got like <laughs> the three steps apiece. Nice, nice.
2: So yeah, so they have uh, the old duke and the uh, bloody horns of the of the uh, black bull that killed him hanging up in there, and uh, so we get the the beginning of the chapter is the duke entering into this um, banquet that's going to take place, and he's still just thinking about death. He's thinking about how he could be uh, poisoned, and he said, mm-hmm. uh, and he's and he thinks to himself. Uh, Actually, you want to read this? Mm -hmm. He says, uh, says, all of a pattern, he thought. You can plumb us by our language to precise and delicate delineations for ways to administer treacherous death. Will someone try uh, try, uh, a chermurky tonight, a poison in in the drink, or will it be kermas, a poison in the food? He shook his head. So now he's thinking about death already, like, how will I be killed?
1: Mm. Dr. Kain thinks about it a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Yes,
2: right. So, uh, yeah, so he, go, he enters in, and he sees that what we have here is the, uh, the, the Fremen, or the I guess the house servants, are setting up this thing where uh, when you go in to dine, the people, the guests, are supposed to wash their hands in this bowl, and then they're supposed to uh, take the towels and dry their towels off and throw it on the floor. And then, mm, you the know, servant,
1: what, maybe we should not do this practice anymore, okay? Hm?
2: Well, and then we take the towels and we take them out to the beggars outside, and the beggars squeeze out the towels for whatever moisture they can get out of those towels.
1: Mm, it just doesn't seem very humane, okay? So, uh, can <laughs> we uh, can we not?
2: Please? so so Lido Lido's like Lido's like we're that's we're gonna stop this tra- tradition this is this is a gross tradition I don't like it and then he realizes that one of the servants are probably like getting a little bit of money from just squeezing out those get
0: it Mapes I just I, I need this money from my uh, drippings
2: yeah <laughs> She doesn't get paid very much. Lady Jessica doesn't pay her very much.
0: Lady Jessica and Duke Leto, they don't pay me your turn. I Man. gotta squeeze the money out of the squeeze water.
2: The squeeze water. <laughs> so, we don't yeah, name so,
0: things very eloquently on a rack,
2: is okay? The squeeze water. <laughs> squeeze water. So... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so they so he, he basically makes this a ducal decree right away he's like we ain't doing this anymore and uh, they're pretty upset that he made this uh, this decision they don't like that Ducalito
3: so, is becoming less popular than Baron Harkonnen somehow
2: I know so, somehow from kindness people think that they, he's like the worst person ever and then from there he goes into uh, the great hall and there's Jessica and uh, she's standing in the group, and uh, she sees that. Uh, remember that st- still suit manufacturer that makes those uh, bad still suits? Those That's Walmart just suits? his
3: name. He's the still suit manufacturer. Yeah, he's no name.
2: <laughs> he's he's nobody. Only there's only like a few that. people. There's only few people that are actually given a names in all this. So it's, <laughs> it's pretty like, funny. It's like
3: you couldn't have called him Bob the still suit manufacturer, and then you just hey referred Bob. to Bob. About- no, the stillsuit manufacturer. He writes that every single time. you think he'd, yeah. like, make it easier on himself?
2: Right, right. <laughs> um, so there's the stillsuit, uh, the, the crappy stillsuit manufacturer. There's electronic equipment importer, which is mentioned, and this is the only time this person's mentioned, and that's it. A water shipper whose summer's mansion it was near the Polar Ice Cap Factory uh, and a representative of the Guild Bank. So and is these are all cool, the gurney <laughs> and then uh there's a a dealer in replacement parts of uh spice mining equipment and a thin hard faced woman whose escort service for off planet visitors reportedly operate as a cover for various smuggling spying and black market operations
0: I mean you know uh, Sanit Mapes is one of the most premier escorts <laughs> we got you know
2: <laughs> 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 so um and then uh, and also brings out that most of the women in the hall seem a cast from a specific type, decorative, uh, precisely turned out, an odd mingling of untouchable sensuousness. So they're all like, well to do women. I want to see Shadit
3: Mapes try to fit in.
2: <laughs> get out of here, Shadit Mapes! She just trying, kept on trying to get into the.
3: She like tries to show some leg, but it's all wrinkling and falling apart.
2: <laughs> your flesh is falling off a leg.
3: <laughs> well, you know, she lives on a hot planet. It's probably She's probably yeah. mostly cooked. The meat just falls right off the bone. <laughs> just... Yeah,
2: just. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Anyways, so, uh, yeah. Also in there, so we have uh, Duncan Idaho's back. So he was out with the Fremen, out with Stilgar, and they must have called him back already. So, And he's supposed to be watching Jessica. So he's sort of, like, going to be keeping eyes on it because, remember, a couple chapters back uh sufer told um was suspicious of jessica being the traitor and so he puts uh uh they put um duncan Idaho as sort of like to watch over her you know so that's the thing uh also paul's there paul's there with a bunch of a uh, young group of uh, uh rich uh ladies or girls, should I say, young younger ladies? So, and they're all like, "Oh, Paul, you're so handsome." And she's sort of like, "He and he hates it." Poor Paul! All these women Talk. fawning over him. You know, it's gotta be hard. It's gotta be hard. To <laughs> Being
3: a son. 15 year old with all these women trying to get you.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so the, the, they got that going on. So there's all these people and. Um, and then we uh, get into this whole thing where so the duke approaches Jessica and the group that she's with, and there's one of the um, I think it's the water shipper is saying is talking about how they're stopping that that uh, custom with the towels, and and the duke basically says, as far as I'm concerned, the old custom ends now, and the man goes, is that a ducal order, my lord? And uh, if you must and consider it, say. <laughs> he says, uh, and the Duke says, you leave that to your own conscience. And then he sees Dr. Kynes walking. Hey, guys! I brought
1: the vino! Yeah, that's very kindy, Doctor. Very kindy Dr. Kynes.
2: So, yeah, we get Dr. Kynes is in the house now. And then we we get this strange thing. So, uh, Dr. Kynes meets Jessica, and uh, he's kind of like paying attention to what she has to say and then there's this moment where he says to her he goes and, uh she brings up the quiz of and he but he says it in the uh, says it uh, the shortening of the way so that means quiz of that's a translation of quiz and she, nobody else hears this but but jessica she's looking out for it oh especially in this chapter is very important uh that the benedict training for jessica and paul is like paramount here because they are reading everybody's inflections and telling like paul tells when people is lying so as jessica picks up on it but paul seems more attuned to a lot of things
3: and paul knows when women are just trying to sleep with him to kill him versus yes. just actually trying to sleep with him and he doesn't, right, right. he
2: doesn't like he especially doesn't like the ones
3: that don't want to kill him for some reason <laughs> i want to keep with those the ones that want to kill him seem way more interesting to him
2: right right so and then we are going into this whole thing uh just before that they're talking with this water shipper lingar bruit and he's he's like kind of like out he went, even when the harconans ruled arrakis he was kind of outside their rule of, because he was just so powerful because he's this uh powerful water shipper because water's so you know important on arrakis
3: ice pirates da, da, yeah. Da, da, yeah, exactly so many so. things
2: can fit into this universe i know get the ice pirates you could put the Ice Pirates in this universe for sure if they yeah. weren't so goofy. So, Brute kind of is also uh, interested if the Duke was planning to put some weather control system on the planet because, you know, obviously his powers – his investments in water. And then, uh, you know, there's like saying, well, you might have to diversify your uh, your your wealth now. can't just be water. And so –
3: <laughs> let's uh let's just terraform because we don't want sand anymore
2: even though water basically kills worms so <gasps> no mm-hmm. so anyway so they they head into uh after a little banter back and forth they head into the dining hall and they they all walk in and they sit down and the paul uh, paul is sitting next to a young woman uh, a little bit taller than than him, and she is the uh daughter of the father who makes those uh, walmart uh still suits
3: Uh-huh, the good old walmart brand
2: yeah exactly two
3: value still suits
2: right right um so and then says there's an another man and uh that was, was invited that duke's not aware of and he says who, and he says who's the man with a scarf a scarf a face ahead of Paul because when they're walking in, he goes. I was this late edition. Jessica says Gurney arranged to invite a smuggler. He goes. Gurney arranged it, and he's basically this is like a powerful um, smuggler, and his name is Esmar uh, Toot. Is that? I was, am I saying that I, right? I, I, it sounds sounds fine to me. I don't
3: remember how it's said in, in the audio book. So just, we then, can call him David Bowie. What's that? We should just call him David Bowie. <laughs> Why would we call that? You said Bowie? he had like the scarf around his neck, I'm like maybe I made me think of David Bowie. No, it was a, sc- a scar, not a scar, Oh, a scar. Oh, okay. <laughs> never
2: mind. Yeah, it would be funny if it was David Bowie. <laughs> we ain't gonna talk about Judy. We're just not gonna bring her up. Maybe if um, Jodorowsky's doing. He could have been David Bowie. I think. I think Bowie was too young for Jodorowsky's doing. But maybe yeah, I'm. Maybe. Maybe would just been very very young david bowie so anyway so at first the duke's a a little kind of pissed off that this person is invited but he says uh he's kind of a good person to get to know and you know it's basically it's he's a good guy to be around now because it kind of will upset the order here because they're seeing this guy here and uh he's got the smuggler has uh strong ties with dr kynes through the fremen, so. Uh, but uh, Jessica says that the smuggler will sow doubt and suspicion just by his presence. So they're kind of like just playing mind tricks, steve on the people that they're with. So always fucking with them. Duke <laughs> <Two> can <laughs> and, play this but, game. So uh, they all get ready to sit down, and then the duke stands to give a toast, and they have to sort of like follow what the duke does. This is kind of like protocol. So he's gonna raise his flagon of water to give a toast. And did you uh, did you find his quote here? The in the olden times. Well, it says, uh, and the, it was the duty at the
3: for the. Go- I'll I'll read it in his. I don't know if that's what you're what you're meaning. But like I, I found. I this is what I thought because he's a like, gurney. Give us a tune.
2: Right, right. That's um, that was just yeah yeah. I mean that's part of it, right? Yeah. Um, but first he goes like um, he says, "I'll give a toast." And they all grasp their flags, and, says, and he's, first he first says, "Here I am, and here I uh, here I remain." He barks, and uh, here he puts it
1: here I remain,
2: and says, uh, "My toast is of those maxims so dear to our hearts: business makes progress, fortune passes everywhere." And he, he sips the water,
3: and then he slams it down, and the
2: water drips out, and people like. <laughs> <laughs> Look very upset. <laughs> yes, and he goes and Gurney's off in the corner, and uh, and he says, "Gurney, give us a tune." And this is he plays a minor chord, so it's kind of a sad song. And this is where the Duke, uh, still standing, he this is his uh, this is his quote:
1: "In olden times, it was the duty of the host to entertain guests of his own talents. I cannot sing, but I give you words of Gurney's song. Consider it another toast, a toast <laughs> to all who died to bring us this situation." Okay.
2: Yeah, right, right. Review friends, troops
1: long past review. All to the weight of pains and dollars their spirits wear are silver collars. Review friends, troops long past review. Each a dot of time without pretense or guile. With them passes the loot of fortune. Review friends, troops long past review. When our time ends, it is rick to smile. We pass the tune of fortune. (laughs)
2: So, and his voice trails off in the last line, and then he uh, takes a, a drink from his flag and then slams on the table, like he said. And the others uh, the others drink in embarrassing silence. So he's basically saying, like, how many people died and made sacrifices for us all to be here, you know? So we're on the backs of other people. And so, uh, <laughs> so after that, and people are kind of, like, kind of freaked out, and he does this other thing where he goes and pours his... Uh, his water onto the floor and everyone's kind of like (laughs) kind of freaked out because it's like basically just taking money and just like hundreds of dollars thousands maybe and just pouring it onto the floor
1: we we gotta make room for wine okay
2: and uh so um so there and everyone's like freaked out like everybody doesn't want to do this the only one who doesn't listen to the duke is dr kynes is taking his water and pouring it into another container under his coat (laughs) Dr. <laughs> sure Kynes is great and like and the Jessica sees him and Kynes sees that Jessica sees him and just basically goes yep I'm doing this <laughs> he I'm not makes. I'm, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so everyone's kind of like thinking like oh man the Duke's unhinged so they're they're kind of freaked out by that uh, by his, you know, just his his actions and his words. So then we get this whole thing where where they're sitting, when they're sitting down the dinner, and the still food s- suit manufacturer keeps on complimenting the, the meals, and he so keeps on. Can wanting, I
1: get that recipe? Can I get that recipe? Can this I get the recipe for the good su- still soup? It's
2: superb, simply superb. And, it, and they like it, too, because it's a Kaladin meal, and there isn't a hint of melange spice in the in the meal. So they're sort of like, wow, this is like a treat. So. Something
1: that doesn't taste like cinnamon, huh? Well, <laughs> I make cinnamon
3: rolls all the time, you know what I'm saying? <laughs>
2: Everything's made of cinnamon, cinnamon rolls. Oh, it's got to be gross after Cinnamon toast crunch. <laughs> Cinnamon coffee. I know. So, uh, the. Cinnamon the- hamburgers. <laughs> Cinnamon sauerkraut. Cinnamon spaghetti. <laughs> Cinnamon ravioli. <laughs> anyways talking about uh the old kinds there the guild banker uh goes to guy a kinds is, i understand uh kinds another factory crawler is lost to a worm so already news has got there and duke's like well the news travels fast and then so that's another thing that duke is still kind of pissed off that the factory crawler the got got destroyed uh by that worm and uh they keep what asking in my face
3: why don't you huh
2: I know. Anyway, so uh, so there's the the whole thing of that, and obviously he's he, uh, he's kind of pissed off by the whole thing, and they keep on making into this whole um, like the Ben and Jesuits are looking at how everyone is being, uh, how everyone communicates, and how they talk, and Jessica realizes the guild banker has a cadence in the speech that he's tried to lose, but it's still there that he's from Gedi Prime, so he is a Harkonnen operative uh oh so. how do they talk <laughs> I don't know but um, but anyway so that so that that's the, the she realizes that that this, this speech pattern and that um, this guy is a, a you know works for is probably working with the Harkonnens he's some, a real stand up guy right so and then she's like and then she's even thinking to herself does that mean the guild takes, uh, has taken aside the banking guild taken aside against the house, uh, house atreides so she's so now she's she's kind of like upset by all this. And um, uh, so anyways, so they get in this whole thing where the banker starts talking about uh, the birds of Arrakis and how most of them are carrion eaters and they had uh, drink blood. And they start talking how the banker is called Susu. So uh, the the girl Susu. So the the girl that's sitting next to Paul who's the man, uh, the Walmart a steel suit a manufacturer's daughter is like saying like, Oh, Susu, you say the most disgusting things. And I, uh, so Susu is something that water peddlers uh, say. They, uh, they say Susu, something like that to for selling their water. It was mentioned in earlier in the chat, uh, some of the early chapters mm-hmm. anyways. So, uh, so they're all having a little laugh that he's nicknamed Susu for some reason. I don't know why. And, and then they oh, go, gets with,
3: the name. Oh, he's not the still suit manufacturer. That's well, good. that's,
2: well no no this is the, the the banker. Yeah I know I
3: know. I was just saying oh well, he gets a name.
2: Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Some people don't get names. <laughs> so he says uh do you, and Paul says to him says so, "So do you mean that all birds are cannibals?" And then and then they're like the banker's like that's weird. Why would you say that?" And says so just that merely that uh, birds drink uh, drink blood and says it and Paul's kind of argues back. Remember Paul's like 14 15 years old and he says "That's not an odd question." And uh, they get into this whole thing where the banker's kind of pissed off at Paul for kind of challenging him. And then Dr. Kine says it's the rule of ecology. It's the rule of ecology, he says, that the young master appears to understand quite well. The struggle between life elements is a struggle for free energy of a system. Blood's an efficient energy source. So. Blood's mostly water, you know? And then the banker's like, it's said that the Freeman uh, scum drink uh, the blood of their dead. And and then Kynes answers back, not the blood, sir, but all men's water ultimately belongs to his people, his tribe. It's a necessity when you live near the Great Flat. All water is precious there, and human body is, is composed of some 70% water by weight. A dead man surely no longer requires water. So basically they they take the person's water and they just suck it out of them somehow and they give them back to their people. So, so you get to drink, you know, grandma's water,
3: grandma's blood and her urine and her feces. <laughs> <laughs> the shit is a process to thy pads.
2: And then, uh, he says, and then he says to, um, the banker says, to the, he says, You've associated so long with the Fremen that you've lost all sensibilities, the banker says. And Kynes looked at him calmly, uh, studied the pale, trembling face, and says, Are you challenging me, sir? And the banker kind of freezes, and he says, Of course not. I'd uh, not so insult our host and hostess. So, like, all of a sudden, like, they realize that everyone, like, this guy is terrified of what Kynes can do. And Kynes says, A host! And hosts are quite capable of deciding themselves when they've been insulted. They're brave people who understand the defense of honor. We all may attest to their courage by the fact they are here now on Arrakis. So he compliments the Atreides the, uh, for just being there. And then, and then the, uh, Kynes kind of like, looks at the banker like, well, what do you want to do? And then the, uh, the banker's like, I meant no offense. If offense was taken. Please accept my apologies. And uh, Kynes just kind of calmly goes, freely given, freely accepted, and smiles at Jessica and just goes back to eating. So he like, was ready to like take out the banker. Man, Dr. Kynes and, is going to cut somebody. Yeah, and then uh, Jessica sees that the, uh, the smuggler had all of a sudden relaxed too. So the smuggler was ready to jump to his you know his defense too, I suppose. So uh, and that Kynes would have just killed the banker without hesitation. So um, so anyway, badass. Anyway, so they they go on they go on eating and they and they still talk about a lot of the ecology of the uh, the planet. And how things are, you know, uh, what was it Kine says something is water is is at least uh, says Kine's talking about the ecology of the water. And he says, water is at least the, is is the least favorable condition of life in Arrakis. And remember that growth itself can uh, produce unfavorable conditions unless it's treated with extreme care. And Jessica uh, senses a hidden message in uh, Dr. Kine's words and the word growth. And she says, Do you mean that Arrakis can have an orderly cycle of water to sustain human life under more favorable conditions? And then the water uh the water importer is like, impossible that can happen and then finally, they break down that Kynes has been doing some experiments on that, and they basically, if they had just a little bit of water, like three percent of green plant element on the arrakis involved uh, forming carbon compounds and foodstuff, we could start a cyclical system Kynes says so so that's a possibility
3: life could thrive on arrakis life. Could find a way. Life
2: finds a way. So, anyway, so from there, they go on to, uh, let's see, where are we here? But they, it's, a lot of people don't think that there's enough water to sustain that life. And kinds, they kind of start hammering down kinds like is there enough water on arrakis to do that is there and kinds doesn't want to answer and kind of puts down his head and says um you know like it's possible basically you know so and and they realize that he's hiding something like paul realizes that he's hiding this 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 uh the the fact that there might be more water on arrakis than we know Ooh, let's get some water get some water yeah let's open a water park dad yeah water slides it, don't they
3: basically have a water park that uh, everyone's mad that they have anyway
2: the conservatory, <laughs> the conservatory. they mentioned <laughs> the beginning and, yeah and yeah because because he's because they got kind of pissed that they're stopping that tradition with the towel so and the duke gets a note that there's something important that calls his attention and he has to go and uh, take off so he has paul sit down in his place and uh, gurney sits next down to where paul was sitting and um, so Paul sort of was like now he's kind of the head of the table at the at that point. And then the banker wants him to wants the water importer Bruitt to give give a toast. He says, "Come, Master Master Brewett, lead us with a toast. Perhaps you have a dollop of wisdom for the boy who must be treated like a man." So kind of giving Paul a shot there. yeah, oh. you know, yeah. And then Jessica clenched her right hand into a fist beneath the table, and she saw the hand signal pass from Halleck to Idaho and saw the, uh, and saw the, um, house troops along the wall move into position of a maximum guard. So she's seeing that there's something could happen here. And Brewitt kind of looks at the banker kind of like pissed off. And, uh, so the, and even policies that, uh, gurney's like in a defensive position so that something's going to happen. And, uh, and then he says, "Once on Caledon, I saw a body of a drowned fisherman recovered. He and then the the, the, the still suit manufacturer daughter says, drownded and Paul's like, uh, yes, immersed in water until dead drowned.' And she goes, hmm, what an interesting way to die It's going to be the best way to die ever on arrakis-hmm." <laughs> And then the guy continues, interesting thing about the, uh, about this man was the wounds on his shoulders made by another fisherman's, uh, claw, uh, claw boots. This fisherman was one of several in the boat on uh, the craft for traveling on the water was f- uh, floundering, sank beneath the water. Another fisherman helping recover the body said that he had seen marks like this man's wounds several times. They met uh, another drowning fisherman, tried to stand up on the poor fellow's shoulders in the attempt to reach the surface, to reach air. And the banker says, well, why is that interesting? And the guy goes, because of an observation made by my father at the same time. He said, the drowning man who climbs up on the shoulder to save himself is understandable, except when you see it happen in the uh, in the drawing room. So meaning, like, when you see it happen in your own living room, some somebody's in a lot of trouble. And wow. Paul... Yeah, so this is a this is a dig towards the Duke and the Atreides, that they're the drowning man, and then Paul. Are you
3: make Paul a drowning man argument
2: <laughs> as a supposed straw man. And then he says, and then he says, and I should and I should say, it, except when you see it at the dinner table, and, and a sudden stillness, uh, unfolds on the table, and uh, pretty much piss, uh, pisses everybody off. Like they're ready to go, like to fight. And all of a sudden, the smuggler smuggler starts laughing. He throws his head back, laughing at the table, and um it's, it's basically like I I love this dinner. It's, you guys are crazy, the stuff you're saying. So anyway, so that was basically pretty shitty thing to do. So the water merchant is basically saying that the the are are drowning. They're they're dead. They're done for. And Ooh, does uh, he
1: do something that
3: uh, everyone else seems to know? <laughs> <laughs>
2: And then Jessica makes this little comment and Says my son displays a general garment And and you claim It's cut to your fit And says what a fascinating revelation And she slids her, uh, slides her hand To her leg to her uh, Kristen, uh, Chris knife And she, uh, f- uh, she's fastened down by her calf So she's ready to stab this guy I'm going to cut someone so
1: bad
3: They're going to wish they didn't get cut so bad And I'm going to have to kill everyone else in this motherfucking room Because no one's allowed to see this
2: thing unsheathed and Paul sees when she says that um, uh, that she's freeing herself for her action, and she hears the code word "garment," which means prepare for violence. So, and then uh, Kine sees what's happening with Jessica and gives like a subtle hand gesture, like to uh, to the smuggler, saying, eh, "Careful, here we're going to go. Something's going to happen." And the smuggler uh, lurches to his feet and lifts his flagon says, I'll give you a toast, he says, to young Paul Atreides, still lad by his looks, but a man by his actions. And Jessica's like, why are you getting involved in this? And so people all respond at the table. And Jessica realizes that because uh, Kind gave him that sign. It was kind of like, do something or we're going to have problems kind of thing. So uh, Jessica chills out there for a second, and then she takes her hand off her knife. And uh, she lifts her, uh, slits her cup with kinds and everyone else. So, anyways. Price is averted. Right, just for the moment. And then it says, Hollick says something like, In society, people shouldn't be quick to take offense. It's frequently su- suicidal. He looked at the still suit manufacturer's daughter beside him. Don't you think so, miss? And she's like, oh, yes. Yes, I indeed do. There's so much violence. It makes me sick. And a lot of times, no offense is meant. But people die anyways. It doesn't make sense. Indeed, it doesn't, Gurney says. And Jessica saw the near perfection of the girls act and realized that empty-headed little female is not an empty-headed little female. She saw the pattern of the threat and understood that Halleck, too, had detected it and that she planned to lure Paul with sex and that she was basically used she – she's a pawn in this game. So they're using this. The still suit manufacturer tried to uh, in, in, entrance Paul there.
3: Oh, I need uh, I need Paul's recipe for uh, pubic hair. Oh jeez.
2: Um, so and then the banker says he uh, says, "My lady, I'm. I fear I've been over overindulged your wines, uh, potent drink at the table, and I'm not accustomed to it." So. He's kind of, like, apologizing for everything. And then Jessica says, when strangers meet, great allowances should be made for differences of uh, custom at training. So kind of, like, calm things down. So anyways, from there, oh, we started then talking about uh, deep in the desert, how they have soaks and sip wells. And so soaks are areas that are, like, a uh, you, place you can dig to get water. And then sip wells are literally, like, straws stuck in the ground that you can go and start drinking water out of the out of the earth. So, mm, hope no one's mm. shat this one. <laughs> yeah, right. And um it peed down the hole. You and that. Well, that's what Kinds is saying. That and it says, it, but Kinds says that they're all wild rumors. And it, not to pay any attention. But Paul realizes right away that he's lying. So he knows that Kinds is lying about something. So again, he picks up on Kinds lying about all sorts of things with this Bene Gesserit training. training. Uh, Jessica gets a message back It says the Harkonas tried to get the shipment of lays guns. We captured them. This, uh, this means they have they've succeeded with other shipments. And it certainly means they, uh, means they don't place much store and shields, take appropriate precautions. And so Jessica starts thinking about the lays guns. And apparently laser guns can just, like, uh, when they're hit a shield, they have an explosive reaction that could be sort of like uh, an atomic bomb going off. So, like, shields don't help you, and you're both screwed. Right. So you're both going to die. And, um, and Paul makes, uh, you know, but the note says, oh, crisis averted, nothing to worry about, um, you know, everything's fine. And Paul says... I says I never doubt we uh, find that. oh because he says that, that that what what took his uh, what took him away was that they found the carry-all one of the smugglers found the carry-all some harkonan agent tried to uh, sabotage the carry-all that that uh, destroyed uh, that was missing when the factory crawler was destroyed and then even uh, Jessica makes a comment that you know soon we're gonna s- get all these harkonnen agents and we're going to snuff them out and she looks right at the banker at this point Uh-oh. and uh no she didn't <laughs> but but with the laze gun thing she that all the things that she knows and paul doesn't and paul says i never doubt we'd find the carry-all once my father moves to solve a problem he solves it this is a fact that Harkonnens are beginning to discover and jessica thinks he's boasting he shouldn't boast no person be sleeping uh, he says no person who will be sleeping far below the ground level this night as a precaution against slaves' guns has the right to boast.
1: That's my boy. He's always uh, standing up for me,
2: <laughs> and so that and that's where we end off this chapter here. A lot of things going on, a lot of politics, a lot of moving parts and a lot of threats, subtle threats, and subtle things said to each other. Um, a lot of these characters we won't see again. Oh, you mean you mean the uh,
3: the stiltsuit manufacturer's not going to come back again in a no. big bad way?
2: We won't get him, unfortunately. Uh, what? What about the stiltsuit's manufacturer's daughter's best friend's cousin? No, she ain't coming back either. I, it, it's there's a lot of people. It's it's strange they didn't give them names. Some of them barely say anything. I think the still suits uh like escort or wife. I you know, she's like says like something for a second, she's not hungry and it's like it's just really odd, you know, like there's a lot of weird interactions on the table. So it's a full table and there's a lot of things, but basically it's mostly the banker trying to sew discord among everybody so
3: yeah I, I this was like a i don't know like it, it seemed like it would be a boring chapter on the outset they're just like sitting down right. the dinner and like i don't know but it just got like really tense and it was like really good it, uh, it was
2: a very tense yeah
3: yeah and, and the, you know it just seems like i i feel i felt like the scene was super boring in the movie yeah, right. Like both of them, like the the,
2: the Sci Fi Channel one is just like I don't know. Well, there wasn't it, a big there wasn't a big scene in the Lynch movie. I don't remember the Sci Fi one version of this. I think
3: like, I think that's where I wanted to gouge my eyes out because everyone had these awful like none of the costumes matched at all. Like they looked like they were made by different costume designers. It was just so bad looking. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was the scene, and that uh, I don't remember it being tense in that movie uh, at all. Um, hmm. God, it was just weird. Just hard to look at, but yeah, I mm-hmm. can see like the scene probably th- doesn't translate the film as well because well, like it's very the books boring, explaining just
2: talking, yeah.
3: Well, but the books also explaining like what everyone's doing and like and like you know they're worried something's going to happen. Like if you if you haven't read the book and you don't know the subtext of what's going on, then you don't really know what's going on. So right,
2: exactly. So. Yeah, yeah. A lot of interesting things, but basically we're still getting the duke. He's still thinking about death constantly. Keys. I wonder if Bert and Ernie going to kill me.
1: <laughs> hey, Bert. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Um, but he got that. And also he comes off, and I think he was doing it kind of on purpose with the whole toasting, but just to seem completely unhinged. <laughs> well, he's, he's trying to act like uh,
3: he thinks Jessica's betraying him the entire time. So well, he's that try- too, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he's trying to be unhinged because he's like, He's like, I know she's not betraying me, but I got to act just like a total jackass because the prevailing theory is that she's
2: trying to kill me. Right, right, exactly. And then um, obviously we find out, you know, the banker's working with the Harkonnens. I mean, but that's more of just like, just everyone's working against the the Duke and everyone has their own agendas and they're all jockeying for power at some like you have the, the water merchant I mean even the still suit manufacturers daughters working somehow with the banker and like coaching each other through their like their their back and forth there there's some kind of alliance there so it's really bizarre so there's a there's a big conspiracy going on in all altogether against the atreides set in place Set in motion basically by the Harkonnens and I guess ultimately by the Emperor too. So. Um, oh
3: yeah, I mean it's like it's a web of stuff happening, and it's 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 interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing. Like I said, like I mean I don't know. It just I've never read the book before, so I just uh, it's it's exciting how you're going through and seeing how it unfolds, and uh, it's definitely good sci-fi so far. So I'm I'm, yeah. I'm impressed, and like a dinner scene being as tense as this was pretty pretty well done.
2: Good job, yeah, Tom, I- Herbert. Yeah, that was is very very well written, and it's very you know for a dinner scene with a bunch of nobles and in like rich well to do people, he played up the political uh, back and forth banter very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. absolutely. I
3: uh, I don't know. I I've like I've been I've joined some Dune Facebook groups, which we've been posting some of these uh, episodes in, and mm-hmm. uh, I just like I look I see posts where people are talking about some of the books, and some people were like, oh, the first one's the best book, and like even all the any. All the other ones may Frank Herbert, like, maybe aren't as good as the original Dune. Mm. So, like, uh, and some people say, like, the stuff by his son and Kevin J. Anderson aren't that good. I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see, like, how it goes, because, uh I mean, I like Kevin Janderson. He wrote some of my favorite Star Wars books, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping they'll be, good. They'll all be pretty good. But, I mean, I'm sure everyone's got their own opinions and whatnot, but...
2: Right, right, right. So it's
3: just interesting seeing what people's takes are on uh, on the books and which
2: ones are their favorite. Right, right. Well, uh, next chapter we get to uh, Duncan Idaho being drunk, and, being drunk uh,
1: and uh, trying to score a hose.
2: <laughs> and um, and we get uh, we get some more. Um, I guess uh, look into the treachery and traitors uh, that they're that Atreides uh, are facing and looking for. So, but uh, we'll find that next week. So for everything else, if you have different thoughts or or corrections or anything that we might have missed you can always contact us you can email us at our email at uh, synthaholics at yahoo.com you can uh hit us up on our facebook page facebook four slash groups four slash synthaholics we'd love to hear from you there and also you can tweet us at uh twitter at synthaholic duo that's our uh handle there uh if the show is something you want to support please go to our patreon patreon four slash synthaholics and we appreciate any donation and uh you know, next week uh, it's gonna be a little little drunk with Duncan Idaho. Oh yeah, be sure to bring your spice booze. Mm-hmm. Spice spice beer. Mm, Pump, yes. pumpkin spice beer.
3: That's how it goes.
2: So um, all right guys, uh, until next week. The spice must flow. Doing worms out
1: fifty million miles aside of Mars. Well Before the night's over, I'll puke in the sink and we'll cry till we laugh. And we'll both shit our pants. You're the best drinking friend I ever had.